Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Look, I don't have problems hiring people because I just happen to be very talented at it, but I am a unique specimen. It's really hard to hire people. That's why we have ZipRecruiter. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Titus, how many college basketball teams are going to be looking for coaches on ZipRecruiter? Uh, about half of them. About half of them? Yeah. Right. Their powerful technology distributes your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, identifies the right people, the right experience, invites them to apply to your job. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Meanwhile, Simply Safe, guess what? They just released their brand new home security system, completely rebuilt, redesigned, new safeguards against power outages, down Wi-Fi, cut landlines, bats, hammers, everything in between. Smaller, faster, stronger than ever before. And what's truly remarkable, you still get 24-7 protection for only $15 a month. No contract, supplies limited. Visit simplysafebs.com. That is Simply Safe with two eyes. Don't forget about TheRinger.com. We have a bunch of Oscars videos this week. The Oscars are Sunday, and we brought Sean Fennessy, Wesley Morris, Cam Collins, Amanda Dobbins, Chris Ryan. All of them came in. They shot a bunch of videos. We did some podcasts. We did a Get Out Rewatchables. Um, we're running a lot of the podcasts on Channel 33, so that is fun. And then I have a new column on TheRinger.com today about Anthony Davis. It's called The Rise. And then last but not least, go to the Ringer's Twitter feed, at Ringer. On Sunday night, we are going to have a little pregame show before the Oscars. Uh, the half hour before it starts, well, we'll go over the categories one more time with our Oscars crew, Amanda Dobbins, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, and more. And then right after the uh, Oscars telecast, right after it ends, we're going live, post-game show. At Ringer on Twitter, everybody's going to be reacting to that, and then we're going to run that as a podcast the next day on the uh, Big Picture show that is on the Channel 33 feed. But check that out if you want to wonder what the hell just happened after the Oscars, the Ringer Oscars postgame show. It's happening Sunday night. Um, we're going to have a ton of guests on today, and then my AOL mail, uh, along with everybody else's AOL mail, uh, fell apart. No mail today for me. Could not get guests because my mail doesn't work. You got stuck with me. No, you were on anyway, but I, I wanted to have multiple guests. I wanted to have people calling in. So now we're just going to have to wing it. It's okay. I'm used to it. I'm used to being the 12th option. That's my, get that's my out of here. at this point. You were already booked. Mark Titus coming up from The Ringer. Tay Frazier, his mic is live. Wow. It, it's almost like these two guys have a podcast. You're tapering later. This'll I'm getting fun. like sloppy seconds. All right. Here we go. Pearl Jam. All right, Mark Titus is here. He arrived in L.A. this week from lovely Ohio. Brought crap weather with him. Thanks for that, Titus. Yeah, the weather is actually better in Ohio right now. Yeah, that hurts. So, <laughs> lots going on. You guys are covering this on the One Shining Podcast, which um, is America's hottest college basketball podcast right now. I would say, yeah, if you put enough qualifiers on it, that would be true. The America's <laughs> hottest college podcast. It's how coaches do it. You just keep adding yeah. more things. <laughs> yeah. And then, it, then it's true. It's the hottest college basketball podcast right now. One yeah, Shining Podcast. On the Ringer Podcast Network. <laughs> so, all this uh, FBI stuff's going on. Yeah. 
and now it's Sean Miller versus ESPN. Yeah, and you I'm would getting. Love this. I'm getting Arizona fans telling me, like, start wearing an Arizona jersey. This mm-hmm. is great. You would love this. You are basically like an Arizona mascot at this point. Well, they love you. Well, yeah. I, I Build think down. I, I think I might start wearing the Arizona. What jersey do I get? Salim Stoudemire. Steve, do they have the Steve Kerr throwback? Wear the Salim Stoudemire headband. Um, <laughs> you wear <laughs> Eugene Ederson knee pads. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. The, the, so the story is ESPN. It's basically, yeah. It's Arizona versus ESPN. This is why people are reaching out to you. It's it's basically Arizona's version of Deflategate, which uh, yeah, I don't know if if you want to scratch that itch again. Uh, I told you guys this at dinner last night. I remember every single person at ESPN who said something about bad about the Patriots during Deflategate. Yeah. It gets super personal mm-hmm. when you feel like somebody is messing with your team, whether it's right or wrong. It goes to a whole other level. Well, the, the weird thing about this one is like, and I, I wasn't really that in tune with the Flakegate with how all that went down, but this one feels like it was one reporter at ESPN broke the story that Sean Miller was on a wiretap. They have the FBI has a wiretap of Sean Miller saying mm-hmm. he will, he was offering a hundred thousand dollars to an agent for DeAndre Ayton, right? And so all the other ESPN personalities just assumed that was true, and yes. so they go out and like on College Game Day, Billis is out there just like they got to fire him now. And, and all those guys kind of come out and said, they got to do something drastic. And then now, like even all, all these guys had nothing to do with the report are like trying to walk it back as well. They're like trying to distance themselves, but they can't because they work at ESPN. So I'm, I don't even know if it's really like an ESPN thing or if it's just like one guy at ESPN. And then they had to pair so, the report around for everyone. So now Arizona fans are taking all, like as soon as it happened on Friday, every single big name, like from Vitel, Bill, everyone. <laughs> Dickie v, uh, Dickie v, so the, the Saturday, uh, like the, the news breaks Friday night. It's about midnight Eastern. Mm-hmm. And then the Saturday afternoon, Dickie V's calling the Syracuse-Duke uh, game. And Dickie V sounds like he's going to have a heart attack. I mean, he's like, I can't believe what's happening to my sport I love. Sean Miller, he's got to go now. we got to clean this up. <laughs> Dickie V's like, there's no way Jim Beheim did this. Yeah. He's like, no, no, he's not involved in this <laughs> right. one, Dickie he's, v. he's defending Rick Pitino. <laughs> he's like, we need... Uh, and then, and then Dickie V tweets out my article on, on the rigor that I write, which yeah. is basically like, hey, this, this investigation is kind of problematic. And Dickie V's like, hey, this is interesting. I didn't see, <laughs> you know, it's like, Dick, two days ago, you were saying we got to shoot this man into the sun. Not only that, but Dickie V was mentioned in the piece. So he yeah, tweeted, yeah. It, tweeted it out. It was like, really love this but piece. And everyone's like. I would like, say he's been mentioned in every Titus <laughs> right, piece right, since right, you started writing. But, but the point is like the ESPN thing. Um, I can't tell if it's like all of ESPN or if it's just like like Dickie V almost feels betrayed by this as well. He's like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I believe this report. Like, well, it was oh, interesting. Yeah. I watched PTI yesterday because Olbermann was back, which was really really good. Actually, it had it had a certain energy to it. Turns out Keith Olbermann, um, say what you want about him, but very good at television. <laughs> and they opened with the Sean Miller thing, but the elephant in the room was like ESPN caused this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is like Sean Miller. Do you believe him and all this stuff? It's like. I, maybe you can't talk about how ESPN caused this, but ESPN definitely caused this. And I think, you know, 2018, reporting matters more than ever, but less than ever at the same time because, like, and we do this at The Ringer. Somebody reports something, and then we jump on it, and we react, and we write a story. And it's almost like you don't need your own reporters anymore. You just react to what the noise is. Mm-hmm. And we're so conditioned to that that when the noise is wrong, everybody's already moved you know, at, at 60 miles an hour in the story. And we don't know if the story's true. It worked out perfect for Tate and I, because when the story <laughs> broke on Friday, I called Tate and we were like, we got to do emergency pod right mm-hmm. now. 
And uh, we would have definitely regretted that because we, we, we were like, we would have said all the same thing. Sean Miller's got to go, all this kind of thing. You guys are heroes to Arizona now. You yeah, were the no, one people were like, hey, we need more info. We waited until very mature. Tuesday. Mature journalists. Yeah, yeah you guys, I'm really proud of you guys. Yeah, we waited for all the all the news to come out. But the, I think the main thing that was really wild about the whole situation with uh, the Arizona fans is now they're... Like they're never gonna forget Jay Billis said that, so they're like tweet, right. they're like tweeting at the yeah, they're going back. It's tough. And that, now, that never that will never go away either. Yeah. He's done and with Arizona for life. And that's why that's and that's Tate a blue blood. And, yeah, Tate and I slide right in, and they're never gonna forget that you and I had their backs the whole time, and now we go to Tucson. I remember years of dirt bags. <laughs> I remember all the people in the national media who who. Uh, who were cautious with the? Oh wait, there was nobody who was cautious with the Fuegate. <laughs> not one, not one person. Oh, that's, but um, that's so, so sad. I think I, I can't believe the Patriots are victims. I know it's, we it's, we are always victimized. <laughs> so you guys, you've been joking on your podcast all year about uh, good guy, bad guy. Yeah, and you know, obviously, we know that college basketball players get paid. We've known this forever. Lonzo Ball told us that, so yeah. it's not like you're not speculating. Right. He said it. There's a code of omerta. I Jalen Rose, who I spent just an incredible amount of time with, and who is an oversharer and tells you things that you're like, <laughs> wow, I, w- I almost wish you hadn't told me that. Would never talk about who yeah. got paid at Michigan or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like these guys, once they go through it. Titus played for Ohio State. You never heard him actually talk about which guys at Ohio State might have gotten paid. Everybody makes this kind of agreement to never say anything. Mm-hmm. But we know it's happening, right? So but, this it's just been funny to watch. Like you said, that Andy. So for people who don't know this story, and I don't know how you missed it, Andy Miller, this pretty successful agent, mm-hmm. um, just got just got cracked down by the FBI, and stuff's been leaking out. One of the things that leaked out, I think, two weeks ago or one week ago, was his kind of payment list of all these dudes. And the the numbers were hilarious. It was like seventy two hundred dollars, twenty four thousand three hundred and twenty eight dollars, and it was like, how did they even come up with these numbers? Well, it just said loans to players, and this was loans. yeah. So this was Christian Dawkins, the twenty four year old runner. So we're basically taking all the stuff that's getting leaked out is from the FBI. That is leaked reports that journalists are getting. Everyone's taking it as this is the FBI putting out the information. So therefore. Yeah, it, it, that's why it's such a big story. But these are still just leaked media reports of, of and, what they have as evidence. And we don't know. You've written about this, but we don't know why this stuff is coming out. Yeah, we, we don't know we don't where know. it's coming There's from. Like, what is it? Four different possibilities. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and we don't know where it's coming from. But also, as Tate and I have said on our podcast, this isn't necessarily like stone cold evidence. What it is, it's just one guy typed up like, "Hey, I paid this money to this guy," and there's no receipts, there's no bank records, there's none mm-hmm. of that. And that's the problem with with sort of all the reports that are coming out and the reason no one's basically the schools at this point are just like throwing up middle fingers to the NCAA saying, do something about this. They're saying prove it. Cause they, all, all these guys that have been, there've been a ton of current players that have been implicated. Yeah. Quote unquote. They're like listed in all these reports and every single one of them still playing. And Sean Miller's like comes out and he's like, do something about it. I'm coaching bitch. <laughs> and like drops the mic. And then, and that's like everyone's attitude because there's really not stone cold evidence. It's just one 24 year old. I mean, Tate's Tate's, what hell? Tate's like twenty. You know, you understand how dumb this twenty-four. Is a, I don't even I have gave expense Tate reports. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if, if that were the case, like, people lie on expense reports. We said that from the start, and that was the whole yeah. point. Tuesday it was like we're using expense reports of a twenty-four-year-old kid as the holy grail of college basketball corruption because that's all we have. 
And that's a bad place to be in because you can't. I gave Tate a thirty-seven thousand dollar loan when he left Grantland to come work for me. (laughs) You still haven't paid it back. When I was at Grantland, I used I used the ESPN credit card to do all sorts of stuff. And then when I had to report to the bosses, I was like, "Yeah, it was a production meeting." (laughs) Yeah. So so that's what they're that's the evidence they have is like you know the guy that said yeah I was meet I was meeting at the strip club but you know with this guy and they don't even have the credit cards like they don't even have the 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 actual payments and they don't have the pay stubs. Wait. Do you think it's a bad thing to loan a college basketball player money with the promise that he's going to pay you back? I know it's illegal, but is it a bad thing? Because I don't think it is. Um, that, that's the it's big, shady. That's yeah. the big question that everyone has is like, who is the victim in all this? Um, it's like, it, sorry and, that these guys who can barely have enough yeah. money to eat when they're right. you know making money in the school can get an extra 20 I guess, grand. I guess the problem, and I'm certainly no lawyer, um, but I, I do have a Twitter account and I know how to read. So like, I guess that's good enough, right? Um the problem, I guess, people would say is like these. So a lot of the schools are publicly funded; they're state schools, and like, where's that? Like, you know, taxpayer money is going to bribing families, and I think that's like where an issue comes up. But yeah, like the big question of but like, he, but the, the issue is, are, is the college basketball shouldn't even exist as the sport it is with right. the amount of money that it makes and just well, what's going on. It's completely broken. It's been broken forever, and that's why people cheat. Well, this is why Tate and I are really frustrated with how all this has gone down. Is that he and I both want players to get paid and we felt like this was an obvious way to make that happen is like if if you got half the teams that are in the ncaa tournament the fbi is going to throw cuffs on their coaches and yeah you know like you can't have an ncaa tournament so we were excited that awesome this summer the ncaa is going to look into it actually change the model let guys mm-hmm. make money off their likeness but then this this reports that have been coming out have botched everything mm-hmm. that there's going to be like literally nobody's going to miss the NCAA tournament. There's going to be no no punishments as far like no one's going to be sitting out. The NCAA does not have a mess on their hands, and uh, so no change is going to happen. Like so, we're just going to be back to square one. It's just going to could we have really like change. could Division One just be like almost like the Premier League, where you have like forty programs yeah. or thirty two programs or whatever, and all of them can pay their players. For, yeah, yeah. And then people can, if they play well, they get in, you get promoted, then you can (laughs) pay your players. Like, I think that would actually work. That'd be awesome. (laughs) But like Duke, uh, UNC, Arizona, UCLA, Ohio State, like the the OGs, Mm -hmm. all those teams should pay their players. Yeah. Like when Odin, you were buddies with Odin forever. I don't don't want you to spill too many secrets, but when Odin was, you knew Odin, how tall was he in the eighth grade? He was like 6'9 in eighth grade. How tall was he in 10th grade? Uh, like about six eleven, so he's and then he got up to about seven foot by the time he's a senior. Yeah. What time? What what grade was he in when girls were asking him to have sex with them, but not use a condom? Like ninth grade, <laughs> seventh grade, <laughs> seventh grade. <laughs> no, don't use a condom, Greg. No, no, no. We're fine. Um, when did people start offering him money? It, there were a lot of shady characters that started pop. A lot of guys wearing velour su- jumpsuits like started showing grade? up in like tenth grade. Yeah, it was like, like for the longest time it was just like all the you know the the friends and family of all the players. We go to AU tournaments and there'd be twelve people in the stands. And then hey, right, come yeah. meet Uncle Juno. And then right around tenth grade it was just like you know you see guys that are were budding me. Like we're wa- we're walking down hallways and we got our little circle going and all of a sudden like some guy. Some like balding sixty-five-year-old with a big stomach and like wearing a velour jumpsuit comes like butting in and he's like dapping up Greg. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You know, um, a lot of those guys started popping up out of nowhere. You should have gotten paid out of this. I should have. Yeah, you should have marketed yourself better. Like, listen, I have a lot of I have a lot of sway with Greg. Mm-hmm. The, the bitch, I'm not saying I can convince him yeah. where to go, but ten grand might help me. Greg, uh, so Greg, I would say is is like Jalen in that he shares a lot of things with me and. Um, 
I he he's ne- I've asked him about paying players once or not once. I mean, like a million times. I've asked him when we were both under the influence of substances where he would not, you know, he he would just yeah, let but it. Like, he would just spill it. He's told me stuff that is a million times worse than. Hey, I took like a thousand dollars from the thing, and he's never once told me that he got money. So I'm telling you, it's, I like, it's like the that mafia. He never got money. Yeah, it really is. It's like the mafia. It's like you just don't talk about it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I ever got from Jalen, I won't say the school, but he always said there was this school when he played that was famous for it was the same price for everybody, mm-hmm. and I think it was like 50k in an Escalade or 50k in a Cadillac or something. But that was just a deal; it was non-negotiable. It was like almost how we did 30 for 30, <laughs> where it's like it's 500k to do that. Man, we're not negotiating; that's the contract. Yeah, and uh, and that just became the school. So when you would go there, everybody at the school was driving an Escalade because they had the local dealership; mm-hmm. they could launder whatever, mm-hmm. and then everybody got certain money. But the shady stuff. That I don't even know is technically legal, but it's like in blue chips when uh, Penny Hardaway's mom gets the house and yeah. the job. That's or like the 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 high school coach gets hired on the coaching staff. Oh, that happens every. Yeah, or the yeah, dad time, or the yeah. uncle gets the a job. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we know this stuff has been happening. It's mm-hmm. it's not even fun to joke about. It's the fact of college basketball. So I'm I'm kind of amazed that people are so alarmed by this. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing. It's like, whoa, yeah. whoa, my God. It's like, yeah, this is college basketball. I think that's what we're tired of, too, because every single year, it seems like there's some huge breaking story. It's like college basketball. This is the sea change you've you've been waiting for. And then we get these stories, and then you actually read them, and you parse through it, and you go, there's there's really nothing here. I mean, it's a a juicy, it sounds like a great headline, and it, it does fit if you put the pieces together in a certain way, but it's not necessarily fact. Well, even so, the the Sean Miller thing, they the claim was that he talked about paying DeAndre Ayton yes, hundred right. grand. Yes, that, not that even that he did that he talked about it. Yeah. First of all, I think we all agree that's an insanely good price yes. for one yeah, year absolutely. for a <laughs> franchise center. Ask any NBA yeah, it's GM. great. <laughs> Brian Bowen was going for a hundred thousand dollars to and so this kid. Do you win yeah. extra money if you win the title? Yeah, yeah. Is there, there's an extra like, yeah, prize, contract, right? The, yeah, the coaches. Is there like a few million stuff? bucks? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like bonus clauses yeah, in the coaches. Bonuses. I thought you meant yeah. the players. Well, I, I think for the, <laughs> yeah, the player, yeah, I think the universities get a prize too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. the universities yeah. get TV money. Yeah, the coaches get a bonus. So yeah. how is that not worth a hundred grand to get the best center in college basketball it for a year? Is. Yeah, and that's so why you arguably worth five hundred grand. That's why this is never like you can't even if you clean up if if the FBI had the ability and the NCAA together they had the ability to take every single guy who's currently coaching in college basketball and every single player who's taking money every coach that's cheated and they pluck them out and they put in like honest guys like Tate and I who would just do it the right way um even if they had the ability to do that corruption is going to return like mm-hmm. in the snap of a finger because like you just said you have so much incentive to, to cheat and it's so it's easy to do it yeah so it's never going to go away until you actually it's pay like the those players. people that game their podcast stats <laughs> with the, the subscribe unsubscribe and like the Present- uh Present company excluded. Right? <laughs> yeah, we don't. We, don't do that. we certainly we don't would do never. The ringer. <laughs> or the people that uh, they ask the people to post messages on their boards. When we take over Pepperdine, mm-hmm. when you guys are co-coaches and I'm the athletic director. The job is open. So here, here's my case for Pepperdine. We did this. Actually, hold on. Let me let me uh, talk about BMW first. The all-new BMW X3 was not built for everyone. You didn't take a car this time, Titus, right? I did not, no. You're living close to no the car. office time around. The BMW X3, too bad, because it was engineered for those who share the desire of more. More passion, more ambition, more making every second count. The new BMW X3, plain capable of doing more. And when I think about athletes who have passion, ambition, class, just it's superior to the competition, you know who I think? 
Larry Legend. Oh, yeah. The legend Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. Who was better than him? Used every possible advancement in training, dieting. No, actually, he didn't do any of that. He was so talented. <laughs> he drank beer during the summers. But he, he, he started working in the 87-88 season. All of a sudden, the legend showed up. He was in great shape. He lost 20 pounds. He had this follow-up dunk over the rim. That's what happens when you reach a level of performance that places you as the best. Um, when you have the desire and the drive to win and keep winning. The BMW X3 capable of more with the level of performance you expect from a BMW. I drive 6.0 with intuitive touchscreen, available safety features like the active blind spot detection, next generation, X-Drive intelligent, all-wheel drive. Pretty soon, it'll be one one touch of a button. They'll be listening to our podcasts and cars. Mm. Very exciting. <laughs> the all-new BMW X3 built to handle whatever road terrain or ventures ahead, no matter what. Test drive the all-new BMW X3 at your local BMW center today. BMW only makes one thing, the ultimate driving machine. So here's my case for Pepperdine. We did this podcast on One Shining Podcast mm-hmm. in December. It was a two-parter. The 12 schools that should just be better at college basketball. We picked mm-hmm. We picked 12. Two of them were Pepperdine and Loyola Marymount, which I was very excited about. <laughs> now with college, everybody is college. Everybody's so over the top now with the safety of the students, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. When my daughter goes to college, I want her to be in the safest environment possible. When I was in college 30 years ago, nothing at all was safe about it, and it was like the wild, wild west. <laughs> um, this is steering toward Pepperdine. It's mm-hmm. Pepperdine... Very religious school. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to drink on campus. I think within 10 years, nobody will be allowed to drink on campus. Pepperdine's (laughs) ahead of the game already. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Malibu, on the ocean. Good conference. You could win it every year. You could become the Gonzaga of the Pacific Ocean. And now with you guys in charge, I think we have something. And with BMW involved, the official sponsor of Pepperdine Basketball. Yeah, all the the players could drive BMWs on the uh, PCH. I dig it. The job is open. The Pepperdine job is it, it I think opened that's up the people's best careers. job in college. I really do. <laughs> you get to be in Malibu every day. What's better than that? I, it's I absolutely you don't agree. have to deal with drunk kids on campus. I would do Loyola Marymount and Pepperdine would be the OG jobs for me for just like weather, location, the ability to sell kids that stuff. But um, the the Pepperdine thing. Uh-huh. Do you think they're the most likely candidate? Out of all the ones we talked about to make a jump, or do you have another pick? Because uh, we got a lot of feedback for those podcasts. I'm trying to remember the ones that we had. Um, People I, like the San Francisco one, San Francisco one was too. the one that comes yeah. to mind. Houston's like, Houston was on our list, right? They're actually really good yeah. now. Houston yeah. ranked right now. Season. Nebraska was the other one that we, we had. We kind of laid the groundwork for Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yes. No, I, I, vetoed the, I vetoed Nebraska. Yeah. yeah, by the way, you vetoed Nebraska and Penn State, and they're both having like <laughs> the, their best years of all time. Like this, these two, those two teams right, right now. Their point guard, Tony Carr. They're red hot. He's just like roasted Ohio State both times. Yeah. And he's Penn now State's gonna got be, a first round pick. He's going to be a first round pick. He's like a 6'5 point guard, Tony Carr. Is that Big Ten? Yeah, Big, Big Ten. Ten, yeah. Which is terrible. That's this weekend. But, yes. Um, as for the smaller ones, though, Pepperdine, I think, like, yeah, Pepperdine's got a shot. I think Pepperdine's path is getting a disgraced coach like Rick Pitino and try plucking one of these FBI guys. Or bring getting, Romar back. Bring, bring Lorenzo Romar back. I think Pitino is the, is the great white whale right now. Yeah. He would come in. He would do whatever it takes to redeem himself. You, and he's kind of overqualified to coach right. any mid-major, right? Right. It's your perfect Pacino guy. Pacino would be the guy. He would definitely have success there because he he nobody wants to like 
be vindicated, I guess would be the, the phrase, more than Rick Pitino right I now. remember He's, Jerry Tarkanian after he had to leave UNLV. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about Bagman, I think the, the yeah. conversation really starts with him. <laughs> but um, he went to Long Beach State in the mm-hmm. mid-90s, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was like... Everybody, everybody who nobody else wanted to touch, Tark was going after. And they had this locker room fight where somebody pulled a sword on somebody. It was either a locker room or dormitory. And there was this samurai sword involved. I mean, it was like the greatest. But we need that again. I feel like Patino can bring that back for us. Patino would be the guy. Yeah, for sure. Does Patino ever coach again? He thinks so. Oh, yeah. He wants to coach badly. He's like in tears. He thinks he can get a bigger job than Pepperdine. I, yeah. I saw some report that Patino was hoping to be involved in the UConn discussion if they let go of Ali. <laughs> and that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You know who needs to get the Pepperdine job is Mata. Yeah. My, my coach at Ohio State, he got fired. He, he's, he's got the beach life like down. He's, he just dreams about being on the that, he, I need to talk to him about that. And then that you could come great. out to LA. Yeah, and, and then I'd come bag. out here. That would get me out here. That's wait how a, I get into Pepperdine. Wait a second. You know I don't follow college basketball till March. Kevin Ollie is like his job's in danger. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Oh my no, god. No, it's not even in danger. It's dead. He yeah. was he was like the hottest free agent. Remember? Yeah. When he re-signed with UConn, like the NBA teams are coming after him. Yeah. Cleveland was trying to get him. Remember yeah. the Thunder? Now they his were like bringing back to the Thunder. Yeah. yeah, the Thunder was trying to get him. So it's it's, it's done now. It's done. It's over. What happened? Uh, he is not good. <laughs> we'll it's been really bad. Well, who who is good? Are there five good college coaches? There, Six. Because yeah. I watched Villanova with nephew Kyle the other day, and you were Jay and they Wright. couldn't even so do yeah. an inbounds pass in the last minute. So, <laughs> Four t- turnovers or near turnovers. I think the problem with Kevin Ollie is he sort of took an NBA mindset to college, and it's they're very different animals. I mean, I don't need to tell you, I don't need to tell the listeners, but like, yeah, yeah. it's just like a different animal, and um, you can't really do that. We we make fun of like Patrick Ewing and Chris Mullen all the time because you can't. Like Ewing is more into it, I would say, in his defense. Like he's actually embracing it. But it's hard to believe those didn't work. There's out. like there's like a thing of like guys who just I don't know. You're a former player. You're like I just show up. You know, I, I I've been around basketball my whole life. I can do this. But like you college think, coaching is like yeah. You think the cloud of you being there and being a presence is going to affect all these kids, but you actually have to literally coach them and get in and actually yeah. teach them things. You're teaching. You're yeah. not coaching. Yeah, you're, you're like teaching. you're taking kids that don't know what the hell they're doing, have never run like a structured offense in their life because their whole life. They've been three inches taller and more yeah, athletic. Just give me the ball, everybody. Yeah, and now you have to actually like coach, like teach them how to do fundamentals, set screens, like, yeah, like stupid things like that. And it's hard for like yeah. Mullen seems like he's very, you know. I think Patrick Ewing actually is teaching these things, right? Yeah, which Patrick is amazing. Ewing's trying, but it's wow. great for Patrick. Yeah, Ewing. Patrick Ewing's trying. Uh, Mullen's Mullen's just showing up in a sweatsuit <laughs> and is like, "I'm Chris Mullen, bitch." It's like, it's like welcome to be to the here. garden, baby. <laughs> Mullen's a good hang, but that can only go so yeah. far as, <laughs> as a college coach. Yeah, I was saying to you last night that. When when there is like an overqualified college coach, the guy just goes to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Stevens, I don't know. Like for what Stevens has at the Celtics versus what's the greatest college basketball job? Mm. UNC Duke. Yeah, Kansas would be up there too. Kansas, Kentucky's probably number one. Kentucky's probably number one. They have the most money. And like, would you rather be the fingers. coach of the Celtics or would you rather run UNC? Mm. I'm biased. Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm, you, I'm, you, you want to deal with one and duns every year, and well, the good news is it stuff? depends. I mean, yeah, yeah it depends. Like, it depends if you're are you a good coach is the question. Because mm-hmm. like, if you're, I, I would I would rather be a god if I'm like Roy if I'm Roy Williams is like a god, but um, 
Brad Stevens has it pretty nice too. Yeah, I, don't I think, think Brad made the best honestly. choice because Butler was going to have to decide if they're going to get in the game and like be a program, a top tier program, get which some means bags. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And he is a private school, and they would have been fine. And Butler's actually handled it pretty well. I thought uh, Holtman was great at Butler. He was like well, the perfect guy to yeah. come in after Stevens. I don't know how that worked out so well, but could there be could there be two Division One things? Not the Premier League, but like. The one league where it's just, or the conference, or the extended whatever, where it's just like Butler and programs like that that we know are okay, mm. and then everyone else is like a free for all. It's like Escape from New York. Yeah. Have like the the clean programs and yeah, it's like, like the other Butler program, and the Ivy League. Yeah. They're not even attached to the NCAA. They're just on their own island somewhere. Speaking of I think col- that work. Speaking of college and NBA coaches, how's Billy Donovan doing? I don't pay enough attention. I I, I feel like people wanted. He, that, he needs to come back to college. That's my right? UConn pick. I want him back in college because he's like. He he's a tweener. great college coach, and I feel like the NBA people hate him. And yeah, it's he's like, a just tweener. Come back home, Billy. Yeah, we loved you in college. I want him to come back to UConn. He's kind of too good for college, but he's not quite good enough in the NBA. Yeah, so he's he's in no man's land. But I think he's getting paid a lot. But he also coaches the Thunder like a college coach. Like he's very yeah, right. Like he'll pull people to the side and try to talk to him, and they're like, "All right, dude, yeah. like it's my job. Get yeah. away from me." Right. Westbrook's like, "Just can you tell the <laughs> four other guys to stand there, and I'm going to try to get a shot." So we have a. Uh, the NBA draft coming up on our Ringer NBA show podcast draft class every Friday, which you guys are going to make appearances on. But um, the top five right now, I don't want to talk about Doncic. Don Doncic. Yeah, we don't. Doncic. Doncic. I don't know enough about him. We don't know. We just yeah. know it's we're we're watching him on YouTube basically. <laughs> but you guys both love DeAndre Ayton. Look, DeAndre Ayton's number one. Yes. Yeah, not even close. Who would you me. compare him to? Um. I, I'm not good at this. I, don't I, know. I said Young Ewing with yeah, a better yeah, shot. I could see oh, that, yeah. Young Ewing yeah, with the jump. But his, I his, loved Young Ewing. His, his jump shot is so fluid, though. Like that's the thing. That's, it's the perfect like, shot. He's got perfect form, and yeah. yeah. I, so I, we yeah, think I he's a sure thing. I do, I think I think he's a like his his floor is like he'll make a couple All Star teams mm-hmm. at least. Like he's I mean he's seven like three with a I don't know he's chiseled out of stone. And it and seems like all the players like him and the coaches like him. They the, said his family's great. The only thing I can't figure out about him is like his defense. He he feels like he should be averaging like two and a half blocks a game. And I'm I'm telling you he and, doesn't care. Like, yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, yeah that's the one thing that's yeah. kind of weird to me that doesn't. And and he's not like catching lobs and dunking all over people quite as much as he should. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, he's he's pretty obviously number so one. So for the listeners who are NBA fans who also enjoy March Madness and filling out their March Madness pool, yeah. Aiton on Arizona, you'd recommend uh, a test draft. I would recommend watching Arizona for a lot of reasons. Because yeah. the Sean Miller thing, like Arizona's <laughs> the nobody believes in us team. The, uh, yeah. yeah, we're everyone's. You know. Arizona, I got your backs, man. The, yeah. I'm right there with That's you. The it's the best watch. story in college basketball. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. By far. It's got everything. It's got the FBI, the number one player in the they country. They also have they also have a kid who failed a drug test because he. It, 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 I don't even know. We, we can get Alonzo into that. Alonzo Trier. They had a kid fail a drug test. Oh yeah, I saw that story. And mm-hmm. then he got cleared. And then he like the drug was coming out of his system, and he tested it again, and he failed. But it was like the remnants that were still there from like six months ago. So they yeah. What kind of again. drug is that? It's deer antlers. It's wild. So like <laughs> Arizona has the adversity stacked against them. And I think it's hilarious that Steve Kerr, who is Steve Kerr and Popovich, are like the the great spokesman of the mm-hmm. league right now, and they mm-hmm. talk about social issues and stuff like that. And Steve Carter, who um, is just a huge Arizona guy, he went there, obviously, loves it. And now they're embroiled in this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I keep waiting for him to speak out on it. So we love Aiton. Um, yeah. We love Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. who's going to go awesome. like five spots too late. Yeah. You, what were you saying he was? He was the Kemba guy? He's a Kemba guy. Like, he's, Explain what he, that is to the uh, listeners. There's a guy, so... 
Um, pretty much the way – the only way I think individual guys can carry teams to titles is if they have great defenses as well. And Yeah. In, in March. So, like, the, the formula, I guess, that UConn created with, with Kimball Walker and Shabazz Napier is, like, just play great team defense and then have this guy you can give the ball to and say, go get us points. Mm-hmm. And that's how – that's good enough to get it done in the NCAA tournament because like teams score on bad shots. When you fill out your bracket, you get you get lured into like, oh wow, this team scores 106 points a game. But the way the the NCAA tournament is completely different than NBA. Like the Warriors, right. the Warriors can have an off night. They're still a seven game series. They'll kick your ass the next four games, mm-hmm. and now the series is over. But in the NCAA, you see these hot offensive teams suck. So I always look out for the teams that have like we play great defense and we have this one stud who we can give the ball to. And Alabama fits that with Sexton. And Avery Johnson, yeah. once upon a time, beat Popovich in a game seven. Yeah. He made the NBA Finals. Yep. They, his team got robbed by the refs. He won like 66 games the following year. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he was a bad NBA coach. And they right. lost to that Warriors team, like the, the Destin Warriors team, the eight seed when they were the one seed. He's another great hang, by the way. I did yeah. a couple of countdowns with him. Yeah. He's the greatest guy ever. He had <laughs> one of my favorite countdown stories. We were going to hang out after a show with Jalen. And then he got some email. He's like, guys, I got to cancel. Popovich is having a team dinner and I got to go. And and it was like he was still on the team. And then Jalen awesome. and I, and we were so fasting. We were like, so you're just always the Spurs. He's like, yeah, I'm still on the That's team. Awesome. He was like, even when he coached with the Mavs, like they would have dinner after. Like. That's kind of what we have here at the Ringer. Everyone's yeah. on the team. Well, it could be it could be a spur for life thing with Colin Sexton. You know, they need a point guard. Pop has just got Avery there. You know, oh, yeah. scouting for him. That nice. the Spurs are Jalen Brunson waiting to happen with yeah. like oh, the twenty fourth yeah. pick. Jalen Brunson is yeah. Mortal lock. He's gonna yeah. go like twenty spots too late. Um, wait, what were we talking about? Draft guys. Draft oh yeah, guys. draft guys. Uh, Mo Bamba, you guys are down on Mo Bamba. Uh, I, I just. It, for, I understand why people like him, um, but I in watching him through like a college lens, it's just I, I I could do without it. Like I'm not I'm not excited about Mo Bamba. I get I see his length, I see his shot blocking. It's like yeah, I yeah. see why you'd be into him. Seems but. like a great workout guy. He yeah. hasn't made an impression on college basketball, but that doesn't mean that he's going to go to the combine of the NBA and everyone's going to say this guy is they're going to lose their mind. A, a physical yeah. marvel, and he's right. going to go top five. So right, right. It doesn't matter. I can't look at any center now without wondering what happens when they're in the NBA and they get switched. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's like the number one thing. You throw away every other thing. It's it's what happens when you're playing the Warriors and Curry and Zaza get you in a switch, and all of a sudden you have to guard Stephen Curry. And that that would be my basket. fear with Aiden, I guess, is that he's not great at that right now. And if Tate Tate seems to believe that he just doesn't care. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the defense is Embiid has similar issues, but the Sixers, he's they're actually their defensive ratings and stuff are really good. But like in the All Star game. LeBron's team was just constantly trying to get Embiid in his switches. Right. And I guess, it's just the reality of how basketball is played I guess though. you could go with the theory like you give up 25 points but score 30. You're still yeah, doing plus your five. You're still doing That's your how job. I feel. That's so, why I like Enos Cantor. Yeah. Well, Enos is the perfect example. Enos puts up yeah. points, man. Yeah. He's constantly trying to beat his own man who's scoring on right. him every yeah. time. Who, uh, who else do you like? Give us uh, some other sleepers. Uh, sleepers um, or that like lottery like like what Donovan one Mitchell one of the guys that I'm high on is like like Jaron Jackson who I know is not like a sleeper he's in the top five but right. I, really, I really really like him um, but I, I think would push pe- some people higher. have Mo Bamba over him yeah I would yeah. not do that I like Jaron Jackson Michigan State more I like Miles Bridges by the way he's yeah. kind of like people have he came back he, he could have been a top 10 pick last year I don't know where he's projected now classic like stock, 15. yeah classic yeah. stock cooled just he's, because he came back for another college he's, he's left-handed Carmelo I yeah. mean that's like exactly who he is mm-hmm. um did you like Donovan Mitchell last year? Yeah, uh, he he kind of like 
Patino runs a system, a pretty obvious system at Louisville, and Mitchell was good in it, but he he was sort of handcuffed a little bit. So I'm, I'm not gonna lie and say like I saw him being this good, but yeah, it makes sense to me that he is this good because he was like kind of because that's the other thing with college, like you get put in these structures, and, and that's why like right. it's why a team that Bill Self had Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins on the same team and they lost in the second round to Stanford because like you just I don't know you run your systems and you yeah. try to fit guys it's a into system these. over players yeah yeah so who do you like anybody else you like tate well i like sexton to be sort of like what donovan mitchell was but luckily he's at alabama and they sort of let him i love keys. sexton yeah sexton's awesome i love the fact that uh i like the way the coaches and the teammates talk about him i can't believe we've got this far though talking about draft guys and we haven't even talked about trey yet Nah. let's take a break <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh for over 30 years, Just For Men has created easy, great care solutions for men. And now Just For Men providing re- hair regrowth solution as well. There's some college basketball coaches that uh, could be helped with this. Formulated with the number one dermatologist recommended ingredient, proven to regrow hair, 5% minoxidil. Hair regrowth for Just For Men is an easy-to-use topical solution that's clinically proven to help regrow hair. It reactivates hair follicles to stimulate regrowth perfect for men with thinning hair. Plus... With a unique precision spray applicator, this is hair regrowth made easy. Simply spray in, sit back, move on, start winning over thinning. Look for one and three month supplies of hair regrowth in the shave aisle or just visit hairregrowth.com. Use promo code regrowth25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's hairregrowth.com. Use promo code regrowth25 for 25% off. Speaking of regrowing, how do we regrow Trey Young's draft stock? Is this like a Markel Fultz thing that's going on? He's the best college guard I ever saw in my life, and now he's in his own head. It's very sad. Is this just what's happening now with basketball, where you get so much attention immediately, and yeah. if one thing goes wrong... Throw, you... this, throw this in with the ESPN hatred for college basketball. Fit. Like, Forget the Arizona thing. The ESPN ruined Trey Young, and that's the I thing. I feel like I might have ruined him a little bit, too. I, I had all yeah. these crazy hyperbole tweets about yeah, him. Right. I don't think it's I right. helped. But it's also the thing where he was all over. We need a word for this. It's like like a PTSD for like being just overexposed. Like what happened to Johnny Manziel? What happened right. to Trey Young? What's happened to Markel Fultz? Like all these guys that are all over ESPN for a little while, and then they get in their own head, and then they're just done. Yeah, so I don't know how you avoid it. It's not even like he he. It doesn't even. He just looks like a shell of him for his former. He looks like he has no soul in his He's body thinking anymore. Everything. He's just like. He's not even playing basketball anymore. It's it's very sad. It I got worried that, yeah. and I was texting you guys that weekend when they played at West Virginia. Yeah. And West Virginia just had the perfect team to throw at them. Yeah. Their crowd's crazy. They have an awesome home crowd. And they kind of laid down the blueprint for what to do. Mm-hmm. Just keep sending dudes at them, keep right. making them work, beat the shit out of them. And uh, that concerned me, but I, I didn't see this coming. He looked like Steph Curry for a month. I mean, if you, I guess if you're being optimistic about his pro career, you could make the argument that his teammates in the NBA will probably be better than his teammates at Oklahoma. And have more space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like that's part of part of the problem is like people figured out just you know like, we're guarding Trey just, Young, not just, Oklahoma. Yeah. You know his, his teammates are are not they were good for a little while, but that's part of it too, and it's just kind of snowballed into itself and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's sad. Tate's convinced bad. he's going to the Cavs at pick like six. Yeah. Six or seven, yeah. Right around there. Right where LeBron wants him. I thought that Trey Young, you said he was like Steph Curry. I think it's a lot like Steph Curry in 2016 when he came back and everyone was like hitting the shit out of him and he was trying to get over it in his head. He was trying to yeah. like prove himself he was 100% again. They're doing that to Trey Young. Like, I, he just I don't understand lost. the fascination with trying to find the next Steph Curry. I feel like this is this is a... 
very. Um, I don't think there's anyone that's going to be. That's like what Steph. I mean. It's like like you. It's it's degrading to Steph to, to be like, oh, we can fight. You know, just take the guy that shoots I do and think, he's quick. And it's like, do you? Understand but I do think how there's models of that that can like Damian Lillard. I was watching him last night against Minnesota, and he's very Stephish. Like though, just the way they use him. I mean, he's not Steph, yeah. but there is that model for the really good shooting three point guard who makes 40% of his threes, who could play slash and kick, and who could take 10 threes a game. Like, I think we're going to keep seeing that guy. He's just not going to be Steph. Right, That's but I think like you see like a Trey Young, you're like, oh, he shoots it from 30 feet, and he's kind of got a quick handle. That's Steph Curry. He, we have to take him number one now, and it's like, well, yeah, what for, if he's not all the way there? He reminded me more of Steve Nash, mm-hmm. yeah. but just with a little Steph in there. But the yeah. way he kind of played and ran the game and – yeah. Um, that's he, why I'm not giving up yeah. on him. I'll, I will buy all your Trey Young stock, America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you, you get him around guys that actually know what they're doing, and a coach that like isn't just I don't know. Tell me, Lon Kruger, but why isn't the St. John's kid considered to be one of the best Shemari, guys in college? Shamari Pons, yeah. That I don't. I mean, he's because he's, that guy's fucking awesome. Yeah, and it's in New York, and he's like a point guard in New York, which is the classic. He's really fun to watch. Yeah. I guess he's he. They don't win. That's probably part of the problem. <laughs> but they yeah. have two of the most signature wins yeah. of the season, which yeah. is crazy. I like, like that guy. Yeah, yeah. That's, he's that. another one I could see the Spurs drafting. Like, oh, of course. He mm-hmm. he reminds me of like the second round pick that everyone's like, oh yeah, that guy's gonna be great. It's like Draymond, Malcolm Brogdon, like the thirty six pick or whatever. And you're like, oh, this guy's great. like Sterling Brown last year from SMU. Those guys that come out, you're like, oh, this guy's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we keep screwing up the draft. Yep. Even uh, even last year, and we have so much info, and we're so good at this stuff now, and there are 19 screw-ups. Like, Kuzma went to 27, and Donovan, five guards went before Donovan Mitchell, and it's just the same shit happens every year. I wrote about Anthony Davis today on The Ringer, and one of the parts of the piece was just about, like, there's only been three sure thing, number one overall picks in the last 25 years. It was mm-hmm. him, LeBron, and... Uh, forgetting the third. Was it Blake? No. Shaq? No, Duncan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember my own piece. Duncan, (laughs) LeBron, and uh, and Davis. And Davis just kind of jumped up a level. Boogie went down, and Davis just went up a level and is more importantly healthy. But you were saying that by far he's the best college basketball one-and-done guy you've ever seen. Yeah, by far. He might be one of the – he had the single greatest – college season that I think anybody I mean he he won freshman of the year defensive player of the year national player of the year final four outstanding player mm-hmm. um they lost two games that year one was Vanderbilt the, the Kevin Stalling special the other was a last second shot at IU um and that that Kentucky team like when it was happening when when they won the national title I remember thinking like this might be one of the best teams ever this like is this team better than the 96 kentucky team like where do they stack up all time and now you're looking back on them you're like that team wasn't even that good and they they went 38-2 just because of anthony davis and we just assumed he, he made how many people did he get into the first round right yeah terrence, terrence jones, jones marcus yeah uh, who is mkg lamb. number two deron lamb got drafted i don't know if he went first round but deron lamb was a shooting guard on there he was pretty good but he uh he was a good college guy but yeah he got drafted high and had like a cup of coffee in the NBA. So. I remember thinking he was going to be good. It's so hard to tell with those Kentucky guys because yeah. their offense, they, they always have a guy like that every year. Well, it's like James Young, Deron Lamb, all those yeah. guys that come out and you're like, oh, that guy's a scorer. I want right. to have him. I, I'm scared Monk might have that thing now or I'm losing my mind. Davis averaged, I, I want to say it was 4.7 blocks mm-hmm. per game. Yeah. I was, like I was going crazy. House and I were, 
I think we talked about it on the pod too a lot, but like, I just was like, who the, this fucking guy, like, I never thought I'd see Kevin McHale again. And he just seemed like an evolutionary Kevin McHale, but now he's, his ceiling's way higher than that. But, um, the, the New Orleans had one and Charlotte had two, which was part of what I wrote about today. And we knew it was a chasm, but when Charlotte took two, like I, I went back and read my draft diary. Um, I, I really was happy with that. Yeah. I was like, that's a, that's a great pick. That guy's going to be like one of the best defenders in the league. He'll figure it out. He's such a good athlete. And now, uh, I guess he got hurt. So it's not a hundred percent fair, but Brad, Bradley Beal was third mm. and Bradley Beal was young. He was one of those guys. He was like an 18 year old freshman in college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and everyone was already saying he was going to be Ray Allen. And that's what and Char- it actually happened. He is. Yeah. He yeah he's he's Ray Allen 2.0. Yeah. yeah. But that's still a massive drop off, even if they had t- taken uh, Ray Allen. But man, that is. When you come that close, I was telling you guys last night about Kareem Abdul Jabbar and Neil Walk. Mm-hmm. It was a coin flip. <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix and Milwaukee. And Neil Walk was out of the league in like four years. Um, but when you come that close to somebody and then you don't get them, it's I don't know how you recover. Sure. Odin Duran is a little bit like that too. Where too I mean, soon. it's the reverse of it, but too soon. <laughs> Portland could have had Durant. Yeah, and you think he was about sitting there. What if you had? We knew he was this good. What if you had Lillard, McCollum, Durant? Yeah, maybe. I guess to me, Lillard was the basketball guy's doing a makeup call. Yeah, for how, Brandon Roy. Here's the thing with Odin though. If he comes along 10 years later with all the stuff we have now, I think he plays for like 20 years. Yeah. They would have figured out his, his the the, right. the legs that weren't the same size thing immediately. They would have he would have had cushions when he was in the 8th grade and he just would have he would have been fine. He's the the thing I I guess I don't I don't need to rehash the Odin Durant thing, no. but um I I looking back on that, I don't think anyone thought Durant wasn't a, going to be this good. And I think that speaks to how good Greg was. Was it was not like, yeah. oh wow, Durant's better than we thought. I think everyone knew when Durant was coming out of college, like this guy is going to be an MVP. Yeah, he's MVP. definitely special. He's super special. He was a national player. And of the year. despite of all of that, we still believe Greg Oden is better. Mm-hmm. And that just speaks to like, I don't know. It so, also speaks to the signs of the time that a big guy was still going to be the number one pick. Yeah. We're still in the Dwight Howard world of thinking where if we have a big guy, we have to take him number one. I know there are a lot of younger listeners that just know Greg is like the broken down guy. And that's, that's like a weird transition for me to like move into the, the older thing. And like there are people that don't remember Greg being that great. But, but just yeah, Google just, it. Like yeah, you can watch dude, it. Ohio State, Greg Odin, Mike Conley. It's amazing. I was it's amazing. team Durant Daquan that Cook. whole year. And when the championship game happened and Odin was fucking awesome that yeah. game. With one hand, he had like a broken he, wrist. He had a broken going, wrist. He's going against Noah and Horford, Horford and yeah. was just like taking them on one on two. Like 27 he and 12 was, or something. Yeah. In the After that game. game, I was like, I fucking love Kevin Durant, but that guy's, this yeah. guy Odin is awesome too. Um, he, I don't know. It, it comes down to like, if you're betting your life on it, who could you get 15 years out of yeah. versus what's the ceiling of each guy? You, you ruined me too, by the way. When uh, I remember you know, being in college with Greg and all that, and I, I'm, you know, I'm reading what people are saying about Greg and the draft and stuff. And when you would talk about how he would walk funny and how injury prone, the, the concept of a guy being injury prone never entered my mind until Greg happened. And and I started like, you know, you're, you're making this thing about how his legs are different lengths. I'm like, is that really a thing? Like, are these things that happen? But I guess it speaks to your point that. 
like medicine back then, these weren't things that like trainers talk to you about. Just nah. like, if you have a sore knee, just throw a pack of ice on it, take some Advil, and you'll be fine. I think and, his generation is the last generation that where they couldn't figure that stuff out. Yeah. And now I think if he comes, look at the guy like Steph Curry. If he's ten years earlier, I think he plays for six years. He's out of the league because I think his ankles completely fall apart. Mm-hmm. And now it's like you read the stories about him, and we, he was having all these ankle issues. It was not going to get better. But then they they literally retaught him how to walk, run. They do all these exercises. All they did was strengthen his legs for whatever reason. We're putting this massive amount of pressure on his ankles, and they retrained his legs how to kind of operate. They mm-hmm. never would have been able to do that in two thousand three. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's uh, it's too bad. I wish we could go back to '06 in a time machine. And do a bunch of things, but one of the things I would do is is grab Odin and just. Who's the all time injury what if guy? It's I know this gets brought up a lot. It's got to be Odin's I'm in the to, discussion, is, but it's, isn't Grant? Grant Hill. Grant Hill. Grant Hill's Grant up there. And Penny. Um, okay. Yeah, I was probably, trying to think of the one. That, yeah. Probably Grant Hill. And Brandon Penny. Roy. Brandon Roy to me yeah. was one that I, I still can't believe that it, it yeah. played out like it did. Bernard King's a good one because he was basically putting up thirty five a night when he when he, <laughs> when he blew out his ACL. For me, that the number one, um, the best guy I ever saw that I just feel like just had bad luck was Penny. Mm-hmm. Penny was unbelievable. He was this six seven point guard who was like he really could have been a cross between like Magic Johnson and mm-hmm. three other people. And he was in the finals when he was like twenty. Yeah, and he was he was just, or twenty one. He was mm-hmm. just so good. Grand Hill was another one. Grand Hill was amazing. And the Grand Hill. He's a couple late '90s years where you just look at the stats and you're like, oh wow, there, there, that there, guy was putting up 26, yeah. nine, and eight. You know, there's this great interview I was watching of Jordan in '96, and this is when he's coming back to basketball, and they ask him who like the the next Jordan is, and he and he goes, Penny Hardaway, and if it's not Penny, I'll give it to Scotty, and if it's not Scotty, I'll give it to Grant. And it's like, you know, Scotty's his teammate. Right. And then it's like Grant. They tried yeah. they really tried to make Grant happen, so there's a little backlash. And this was pre internet too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was like uh everyone was so on that next Jordan corner. And what's funny is you know, that was the first year I had my website. I went all in on Kobe. Yeah. I was like, That's the guy. It's gonna be Kobe. This guy, this guy's special. <laughs> In the first couple of years, I'm like, I have all these pro Kobe yeah. comps. <laughs> they got her down on the internet. <laughs> I, that, by the way, that's that one of the refreshing things as a guy who kind of observes the NBA from afar um, and just pops in every so often to watch games. Uh, I, I like that people don't seem to be trying to find the net. I mean, we just brought up the next Steph, but there's not a universal. I remember growing up, up until basically Kobe hit his peak. It was who's the next Jordan, and that was it. That was all anyone cared about. Was like, is this guy like you? Just take any good guy. You're like, is is Kevin Durant the next Jordan? And you're like, no, he doesn't even look like. What are you? Grant talking Hill about? is That's really not, ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. But now we've reached a point where it feels like, there is he the next LeBron? Is he the next Steph? Is he the next Durant? The next, you know, and like you have like a six or seven guys that you kind of do that the next thing with. So that's kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I, the, but I think that Tate, you better you better sit down for this one. <laughs> I think that speaks to how great Michael Jordan was. Oh God, we were so nervous. We, we were so nervous about life after MJ that we were like, "Who's Why? how are we going to replace gonna this, this God that's passed through our lives?" I see. What's we're not happening. doing that with LeBron, the greatest athlete of the 20th century. You bring the you bring the Ohioan in here, so you could double team him <laughs> two on one here. My problem with you guys talking about LeBron and Jordan is that. You're never. I guess Tate sort of is because you're a Carolina guy, but you're never praising Jordan. There's, oh, I'm there's always, always, I'm always praising there's Jordan. There's always the 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 takedown of LeBron. No, 
And I just. Uh, but we, the irony is, Tate blindly loves, blindly and unconditionally loves Jordan the same yeah. way like I love my dad. Right. It does. <laughs> but, he absolutely does. But he's a Charlotte Hornets fan. And Jordan has completely destroyed the Hornets over the last 10 <laughs> right. years. He's He's been one of the least successful owners we have. And Tate's pretending this is happening in an alternate universe. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's had some wins, too, and some good stuff. He's trying. He's trying. That's a good one. He's, he's trying. trying. That's yeah, a good he one. Yeah. He's just, trying. I just love that he's an Kevin owner. Ollie, he's trying at he's UConn. Just... He's trying. We were. I think the problem is, and every time this comes up, you think it's I'm trying to put down LeBron. I don't think it's fair LeBron has to get compared to MJ, which we've said multiple times. Yeah. And I think that LeBron should be compared to Kareem, which is a much more flattering comparison. It should be, also, he should be Kareem and Karl Malone should be the comparisons right now. But you also, you're scared to like compliment LeBron because then he starts infringing on Jordan's. When they beat ter- the yeah. Warriors, when they beat the 73-9 and nine Warriors, that was the first time I ever conceded that LeBron could, could eclipse Jordan in some capacity. But, it's, but the Warriors are a dynasty. Like there LeBron, were no other dynasties during Jordan's time. LeBron's most Jordan-esque play, do you know what it was? The most Jordan-like moment of his career. Game six in Boston when they were down. That was good, but no. Uh, That's the in the that top four. To me, what about the Pistons game when he was like the younger LeBron? Also good, like- but no. It was goading, <laughs> it was goading Draymond into punching him in the nuts. Because <laughs> watching that game... And I remember I watched that in Kimmel's office with Sal, and we had this big Warriors bet. Mm-hmm. And that game was going on, and it became clear the Warriors were going to win. And we were talking about it in the office. Like, I guarantee they're going to try to get Draymond this extra thing. Cause it, and they were clearly trying to figure out how to goad him. And stupid Draymond finally got goaded and hit LeBron in the nuts. And LeBron, that was like a genius Jordan-like move. Yeah, that's something Jordan or Kobe Jordan would have totally done that. So yeah. Kobe would have done it too. Yeah. That's that's the extra gene. Uh, <laughs> Anything to win. Hey, let's talk about Wink. My wife loves wine. She loves whining about my faults. She loves wine. I'm so glad I signed her up for Wink. It's a personalized wine membership that recommends, recommends wine specifically for me based on the results of my palate profile quiz. What a great idea for a holiday gift. Their wine experts match wines to your personal taste and ship them right to your door for as little as $13 a bottle. Wink works directly with winemakers and growers from all over the world to create delicious wine and deliver it right to your door each month. New delicious wines. I like getting the Pinots. Sign up for Wink right now. Gain immediate insider access to the best fine wine from all over the world. No membership fees. Skip any month. Cancel any time. Right now, Wink is offering my listeners $20 off your first shipment. All I have to do is go to trywink with a C. Trywink dot com slash bs valentine's day's over mother's day father's day all that stuff's coming up good time to send some people some wine check that out trywink.com slash bs all right we're gonna call kevin clark he is at the combine in titus's homeland indiana all right on the phone right now kevin clark from the ringer the ringer nfl show and from orlando in the in that order right now he is in indiana <laughs> For the NFL Combine, and we thought we would call you because, uh, not just because Titus is from Indiana, but because it's America's heartland. It's the real capital of uh, of the United States. It's the basketball capital <laughs> of the world. I love Indiana. What's it like in Indiana, Clark? Titus, why are there so many steakhouses in Indianapolis? That's there's there's nothing else to eat there. That's what that's what we eat. We meat, meat and potatoes. It's it, literally all they have is tunnels 
to take you from building to building, and then all, the only thing in the buildings are steakhouses. I remember I was there for the Super Bowl for a week, and I was trying to eat super healthy, and obviously an almost impossible in Indiana. And yep. There was an Aubon pan like three blocks from our hotel, and I would just <laughs> walk to this Aubon pan every day to get soup. I remember when you were there for the uh, the the Heat when you were working for ESPN and the Heat. Pacer series. You're oh yeah, Indy, I took you to dinner. There. Yeah, you're like, yeah. let's go to dinner, and you kept asking me choices, and I was like, no, we don't have that here. We yeah, I was like, get this, get healthy. What do you have? <laughs> no, we don't have that. It's like we have steak and cigarettes. <laughs> we can go to Steak and Shake right by the right steak, by the mall. cigarettes, and sports bars. So what's going on at the combine, Clark? What are they talking about? Well, no one actually. The combine at this point is sort of overrated because none of the GMs or the coaches have actually watched many of the prospects. So if you ask them anything, like Anthony Lynn was asked about Lamar Jackson yesterday, and he was basically like, "Yeah, I saw him on TV a, few, a couple times." So they're kind of just hanging out. It's kind of a it's kind of a fraternity reunion. That, that's what happens early in the early few days of the combine. That's what's going on right now. It sounds like it's this, a booze cruise. Yeah, it sounds like the summer league in Vegas. There's kind right, of a purpose, right, exactly. but. But not really. Is there uh, is there NFL scuttlebutt? Are there things going on? Things happening? Things you're hearing? Well, yeah. So Saquon Barkley just jumped 41 inches in the air, which seems impossible. Wow! And like he's going to be this year's most intriguing prospect, and that's people are kind of freaking out about it because the last couple of years, I mean, I think the Cowboys probably wish they drafted Jalen Ramsey instead of. Zeke Elliott and you know Leonard Fournette went out of the Jaguars lineup last year and it didn't have a huge impact on them so I kind of think the jury's out right now on running backs in the top five but Barkley might be just an actual generational talent and I think I've heard a lot of teams say that and so I think that's going to be the big debate now and aside from the quarterbacks which is is anybody's guess at this point but the scuttlebutt I mean, it's it's all over the place. No one knows where Kirk Cousins is going to sign, and everyone has a different conspiracy theory. So that's that's basically all anyone talks about. I am on record, and I'm going to even double down on being on the record. I think Barkley has a real chance to go first to the Browns because they can still get a quarterback Please. at four. Right. Titus. Right. I, Titus, isn't that the move? You have the fourth the pick. Yeah. There are all these quarterbacks left. Take the generational running back at one. I think that's what the 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 Browns fans want because you know the 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 Cleveland people we we were or the Ohio people we saw Saquon Barkley we saw him play at Penn State because you know Ohio State Penn State Big Ten stuff. So yeah, I think that's what the Browns fans want. Is that? So and then you so have him and Miles Garrett. That. That's a that's a nice start to a franchise. So you that have... means they'll definitely not. That means they'll trade down and take like oh, they'll God. take like three quarterbacks with all their picks and. Yeah. I'm anti running back in the top five. But I am not anti. I agree. I'm not anti generational talent in the in the top one. Like if this Wait, guy is that you good, guys, you got to do it. I have something to I have something to say about the Browns. Yeah, I know a guy, a guy who knows things, as you would say, was with someone who works for Cleveland a couple nights ago, and he said the guy does. He's not. It wasn't a decision maker, but he was in the building. And that guy just threw out the idea that the Browns should just take two quarterbacks with the top four picks. <laughs> I almost did a mailbag thing about this because I, I got an email about it because people were saying the guy who emailed me said, you have a 50% chance of striking oil with a quarterback in the oh top five, God. right? And he was like, why not just take two <laughs> Can we... and hope you hit with one <laughs> of the two? Oh, my God. Your odds are 50%. I'm not even. I'm a... in. I like this idea. No, stop it. I'm not even a Browns fan. I'm not even really a football fan, if we're being honest. But I living in Ohio, it just seeps into you. You cannot avoid just the Browns' misery. Are, are they just making decisions to I, – I feel like the only reason they're drafting quarterbacks at this point is to add to that long jersey that they have and that, that – 
window at the store where they have every quarterback in the last like six years that have played here. Is that a store? That's, yeah. that's they in have the like store? this jersey where yeah. they had they bought like the yeah. I forget who what like Tim Couch or something, and then they cross out his name and they write the next starter and, and it's like at this point on the mannequin it's like all the way down to his ankles because they just keep adding names. I think that's that that feels like what the Browns plan is is just screw winning games. Let's just add names to this list. It's like a list of the people in the Trump administration. Just like a hundred people <laughs> who just cycled through. I remember um I, it must have been – I was at Grantland. It must have been four years ago when so, they had some terrible quarterback starting. And Cleveland.com ran a poll of who's the best Browns quarterback in Browns history. And they had all the choices. And I think Tim Couch won. Yeah. But it was like 12 guys received votes. But they were guys like Colt McCoy and Seneca Wallace. And yep. and it was amazing. It was like a non-ironic poll. Yep. Brian Hoyer was <laughs> Brian Hoyer. I think was the quarterback that got me into like I watched three Browns games in a row. And Brian I, was yeah. Brian Hoyer, right? And then like he blew he, out his yeah, ACL. Then, he blew up his ACL. <laughs> then I was like, all right, I'm back to not watching the Browns anymore. The one guy who seemed relatively competent was Derek Anderson. He had one yeah, year yeah. where he was Anderson kind of flinging it around. Pro yeah. Bowler, yeah, 2007. He he was maybe slightly above average, which yeah. is the best they've ever done. But yeah, I mean, I would take I would take uh, Barkley one. And know that I got a great guy. And then you just roll the dice at four. Like, nobody seems to, Clark, nobody seems to know which one of these quarterbacks is the best quarterback. And all of them have bust potential, right? So, everyone seems to say it's, it's Sam Darnold. But I think that's only because it's the consensus for somebody else. Like, I haven't heard anyone say Sam Darnold is the best quarterback in the draft. I've heard everybody say that they heard that Sam Darnold is the best quarterback in the draft. It's mm. kind of like a, it's a snake. It's a snake eating itself, right? Like, so I, I don't know. I, I just don't think these guys have evaluated enough. I, I would guess it's probably going to be Darnold the first guy off the board, but who knows? I mean, like I, Baker Mayfield. I, mean, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be the first guy off, but like there's a huge variance in, in in where he could go. Lamar Jackson. I mean, some teams want apparently want to see him a wide receiver, and some teams might think he's a first round pick. So I don't remember a, a, a quarterback batch with this many questions going into the combine. I like when they're picking the quarterbacks apart, and it's like. Baker Mayfield short arms. I always think about like what it would be like if you were Baker Mayfield. You're reading this stuff. You're like, God, are my arms really that short? Like you develop like a complex about it. You're standing in front of a full length mirror. Right. Like I, they don't seem that short. You're just losing your mind. Do we have oh, hand size? Hand size is a big one too. Well, like, could you imagine just not knowing you had small hands until you got to the combine? Yeah, like I found out yesterday on the on bachelor party with Julie Lippman that the bachelor are a huge hands apparently. <laughs> So he would have done well at the combine. What were we going to say, Titus? I said, is there is there any story? I'm always fascinated at the combine with the uh, the just absurdities that the GMs are asking the players. Like the, it was Des Bryant that he got asked about his mom, right? Like that's the famous one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do we, so, do we have any stories like that this year? We do. So a a Scarborough, the Alabama running back, was asked if God is an Auburn fan. <laughs> what does that even mean? I'll answer that. I, no, he did not know. Not. <laughs> nope. How's that a question? I, I think sometimes they like to throw just insane curveballs to see what would happen. You know, because so um, last year Tyler Boyd, the the receiver, said that the Bengals just asked him about the Civil War. Wow. Like I just think that sometimes they just like to throw out questions, make people uncomfortable. Yeah, that, yeah. What a, what I mean, a like, great idea. All sorts of stories. There's also the stories about like them finding the worst thing they could find that would absolutely make a, a guy angry. Like 
a couple a quarterback revealed a couple of years ago that, that there were a bunch of questions about his parents' divorce and stuff. So like they really just it, it's a psychological test more than anything. They just want to see if you're going to blow up at anything. That's what I did with when I was interviewing Tate in my driveway before I decided to hire Tate. <laughs> I just started besmirching Michael Jordan and <laughs> Roy Williams and asking about the academic scandal, just trying to push his <laughs> buttons. He handled perfectly. Can we talk about the St. Elmo's shrimp? Yeah. So we went there last night. Yeah, I mean, I logged my fair share of time in Indiana, and everybody's like, San Elmo's, got to go to San Elmo's, hardest place to get over there. It's fine. It's solid. I've been there once in my life. It's fine. I've been there once. It's a good yeah. restaurant. Yeah. It's okay. It's I, a what's good weird example is like, of... I, but like, when you're in Indiana, how is shrimp your specialty? <laughs> That's where, right. where are the oceans in Indiana that they're dragging the shrimp the, out of? It's the one restaurant that Indiana, like all the Hoosiers got together. And we we're like, what do people outside of the Midwest like? And we, we couldn't figure it out. No one really knows. Because all we eat, again, is meat and potatoes, maybe a side of bread if, yeah. if we're feeling really hungry. And someone was like, we could maybe do shrimp, I guess. And do, do people like shrimp? Is that a thing? Yeah, let's do that. And then St. Elmo's got exalted as like the, the restaurant that everyone that's coming in should go eat to. I've eaten there once in my life. Well, and I, I've lived in, I lived in Indiana for 18 years. And good cocktail just, sauce. It, that's that, yeah, They figured out the cocktail sauce. pure horseradish and cocktail sauce. That's all it is. It's bar- there's barely any shrimp in there. They just made it as spicy as possible. <laughs> it's, I, it, it's, it's a good example of just an uh, Indiana residence idea of just a great restaurant yep. like it has everything in it. it has the steak it has the um the weird fish for some reason and so yeah i when when we were there last night we did not consider it particularly special do you guys want to uh bury the hatchet about this victor oladipo thing clark has victor oladipo it, for a couple years mm-hmm. his stupid yep. gm gives him away um oladipo spends a year in the okc penitentiary being frozen out by westbrook Goes to Indiana, <laughs> and Titus explains this on my podcast as this is great. They're just going after Indiana guys. Indiana people just yeah. want to watch people who went to Indiana. That's all we want. And, <laughs> and Old Depot turns into one of the best, like, 12, 15 guys in the league. And now, Clark, you had this guy who was this uh, all-NBA guy, basically, on your team yeah. that you gave yeah. away for somebody who's not on your team anymore. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. So I was in an Uber the other day, and the Uber driver randomly started talking about how much they love Victor Oladipo, and I was too upset to talk. Like I just didn't respond. I probably, I probably got like a two star rating because I just didn't respond. <laughs> just <was> catatonic. <laughs> Orlando, you go back, and it's like Victor Oladipo, Aaron Gordon. Um, yeah. Who else was on uh, that Mo team? Harkless. Mo Harkless, Harkless Alfred Payton, who has actually been pretty good on Phoenix. Like they had some decent yeah. pieces. Three I mean, years Alfred ago, Payton, Alfred Payton is he—he he really was a destructive pick because yeah. his lack of shooting sort of poisoned Rob Hennigan's brain and, and broke his brain, and basically just said, "Okay, well, we got to fix the fact we have a non-shooting point guard." So, what do you do? You get rid of the guy who's not a knockdown shooter, who's next to him in the backcourt, and Oladipo. Like I think that mm. was a lot of it. You can keep Oladipo as long as you have a, a point guard who can make threes or whatever. And so, I think that they committed so hard to making Tatum work that they basically broke their franchise. I mean, there's a couple of... You know, well, you know I, why, though? NBA. You left out the reason why. Because they traded an extra pick to get Alfred Payton. Yeah, right. Which ended up being Sarge, no who's really good. Mm. Oof. Yeah. 
I mean, the Magic looks so even before the trade, they looked so much better when it was just DJ Augustin, and 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 they just didn't. I mean, Peyton was a a ball stopper. He obviously couldn't shoot. His vision was overrated. I mean, I just like eighty percent of my frustration with the Magic over the past two years was just Peyton and all the decisions they made to protect and him. his hair. Um, well, I think this is good because. I like when the Indiana Pacers have a good basketball team. Yeah. I like when people in Indiana are happy. And now they have this team they can rally behind. And to me, the more Indiana guys, the better. I think they should get all of them. They I've always wanted should. to see a team do this. By the way, this is kind of what Charlotte should do. Charlotte has to do it too. Yeah. yeah. You just get all UNC guys. You They've just place a premium. <laughs> just get that. all of them, though. You nope. didn't get enough of them. Nope. You didn't get the right ones yet. Okay. Good ones. You need Joe Barry. Nope. Get him on the team. We don't next need year. John Hinton for $50 million. No, okay. get him. Get all those dudes. You know, there's been. There's been rumblings every couple of years the Magic might just start selling out and trying to get Gators, which actually wouldn't be a bad strategy either. Yeah. Especially five years ago, you'd have Horford, Noah, you could get Chandler Parsons. Get Noah, you know, he like, knows it, it available. Get him now. That's the way to do it, too, because yeah, the players love it because, like, Oladipo, even if Oladipo, for some reason, just he, he becomes like a guy in, in Space Jam and loses all his talent, he just sucks. Yeah. And just overnight, yeah. he's terrible. People in Indiana are always going to love him because they're always going to remember how right. he took the Hoosiers to a number one ranking. He brought the program back, which you know Indiana is now missing. The By the way, this, this is year, this but. is the case for trading for Cody Zeller too. Yeah, and and they he's will, available. It He's available. It, it does not matter what you do to, to on the Pacers. You know, like you just remember the the one time he almost caught a lob at his ankles against Michigan. Like these are, these are the things that people remember, yeah. and everything you do for the Pacers is just gravy. So like. Honestly, he's already the most popular pacer since Reggie Miller, and that's amazing. It, it seems crazy to me to say it, but like, and he loves I, it. He I loves think he being might there. be able to yeah. surpass Reggie, like if he just stays there for the next did, ten years or whatever. Yeah. Did you guys know that he loved Indiana so much? He loves Indiana so much that when he was on the Magic and they would play a road game before the game, he would meet with the local alumni club at the arena. I had wow! No I'm not making that up. Like he would like meet with like the IU chapter in Houston before they played the Rockets. What is awesome! And, and be, love like, it. He's all in on Indiana. So the dream for Indiana is they they get Cody Zeller, and then they trade four first round picks for Brad Stevens. Yes. <laughs> You get, How you, many first-round <laughs> picks would Indiana trade for Brad Stevens conceivably? <laughs> With the most that's yeah. ever been in a trade? Yes. Yeah, they would do seven first-round picks. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You get like get an aging Mike Conley. You know, he, he's he get him on the tail oh, end of his also career. Available. He's he'll be yeah. The Grizzlies will be wanting to hit the reset button. Get Wait, Mike dude, to, Indiana get, doesn't have a point guard. That actually kind of makes Mike sense. To Indiana. That's yeah. I'm on this. This man. is great. I love see. Orlando doesn't have to do this because they're in Florida, which is one of like five teams where you're not paying state income tax and they mm. should have a massive right. advantage getting talent. And for some reason, only Miami is the Florida team that gets people because of that. But Indiana has no advantage. Never. We they're in Indiana. Never signed a free agent, I don't think, in the history of the franchise. <laughs> I don't think and, it's ever happened. <laughs> and what's weird is players either don't really like it there or they love it there. Like Jalen loved it there and yeah. allegedly lived on a lake. And listen, Bill, if, <laughs> in 49 states, it's just basketball. I know. Uh, you know. I know, man. This is you're talking to the guy who wanted to put the basketball hall of fame in Indiana after I blew it up, uh, rebuild it in French Lick. How far is French Lick from Indiana? No, you don't you don't want to rebuild it in French Lick. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Maybe maybe we can rebuild French Lick. Um, all right. Clark, you're you're writing every day from uh, the combine, right? Yeah. Enough. Okay. Enough. Uh, Not every day, but enough of the three days. Time. All right, China. Someone, either either Danny, Robert, are, are filing every day. And you had Danny Kelly tried oysters. So last year, Danny Kelly had never had French onion soup, 
yep. which is a very bizarre blind spot. And so this year I asked him what else he hadn't had. He said oysters. So we went to a weird dive bar, had some oysters. He's been, it was pretty uh, shady, the bar we went to. So he's been on food poisoning watch for two days. I think he's out of the woods. Well, you'll be happy to know that at the commissary here at Sunset Gower, um, oxtail soup was on the menu for four straight days. And I'm not sure if it's been available for a fifth, but um, by the time you come back, we might all be dead. It's, un- it's unclear. <laughs> it's unclear how it's going to play out. Uh, Clark, when are you on Ringer NFL show next? Uh, we have an episode that's coming out Friday, and then we have one next week we'll, in which we'll wrap up the combine. All right, great. So, the, the, yeah, it'll be good. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Don't inhale too many, too much secondhand smoke. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All Enjoy right. NDC, buddy. We hit almost everything, but before we go, because you guys got to prepare for your podcast too, let's do quickly mm-hmm. the best odds right now that you like Ooh, for March Madness. You have them. I'm going to have them. Give me, give me three teams, and I'll throw some odds at you. Uh, I feel like Kentucky would be interesting, but but no, they're gonna have they're gonna have. I, see, I don't know how Vegas works. I don't gamble. I'm smart enough to not gamble on this stuff. Um, That's great. But Kentucky's like ranked low, but they're getting hot right now. But yeah, I'm sure I think that, Kentucky's I'm sure odds are probably are, shooting up. They're, they're probably up there, they're probably like twenty to one or something like that. Um, I'm trying right. to think of the the teams that are. I um, have I have a huge sleeper, but I want to see what the odds are before I give it out. Yeah, I need I need to hear some of the. I odds got it right first. now. Hold on. All right, and say championship. Kentucky thirty-five to one. Mm. That's interesting to me. Okay, what that do you got, Tate? Attention. NC State. NC State. <laughs> the miracle of all miracles. NC State. I think it's got to be like, eighty to one. I love it. It's, it feels like a weird year like that, where there are, there aren't any good teams, and some team gets hot in the tournament. Uh, what about Michigan? They're interesting to me. Yeah, as Michigan's well. Michigan's team. a team that like. It, yeah, the, the thing about this year is twenty-eight like, to one. Michigan has better odds than Kentucky. Yeah. See, Vegas knows. What? Vegas knows. Yeah, Vegas is kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but those are three great like long shots. Yeah. Anytime you get a long shot for more than twenty-five Kentucky, to one, Kentucky is like. I mean, the vibe with Kentucky is like this might be the twenty fourteen team that mm-hmm. struggled all year, but then sort of put it together at the end. They, they have how many first rounders on their team? Three at least. Yeah, at least three. Uh, Nobody believes in us. Arizona, fifteen to one. Fifteen. Fifteen. That's a really good one. I, I wish yeah. it was worse, though. I wish it was that like twenty-five to one. Yeah, that should be worse. And then uh, Alabama, <laughs> three three hundred to one. Ooh. <laughs> Colin Sexton, baby. What Alabama's gonna be? What like an eight or nine seed? Yeah, I think they'll play a one seed in the second round. Why are they three hundred to one? That so, doesn't make sense. The dream, it's just because they have to play a one seed in the second. The round. dream Alabama scenario is they play like they've already played Oklahoma this year, so they're not gonna play Oklahoma in the first round. Because they can't do that, but I, th- I don't know who they would play in the first. Oh, you round. mean they're nine seed? Yeah, like they're eight or nine seed. But the dream is like they get in Xavier. Xavier gets a one seed. They mm-hmm. play Xavier in the second round, beat them, and then now they become the one seed. They just like inherit the one seed. And How about they... Bonnie's? The Bonnie's at uh, five hundred to one. Eh. <laughs> no, eh. I like five hundred to one. I like five hundred. Yeah. <laughs> my wife, um, the worst. My wife, the worst sports fan ever, who went to St. Bonaventure's. Mm-hmm. Um, like the other day, she's like, "Hey, do you know St. Bonaventure's is good at basketball this year?" I'm like, "Yeah, there's what is uh, kind of what, what's Holy Cross? Holy Cross? Um, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. <laughs> the Holy you, Cross C words. UConn 
UConn looks like they're 5,001. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't tell you. Stay away. Stay away from that <laughs> They're one. not even going to make the NIT. Holy uh, Cross isn't even on here. What is uh, what's Ohio State? They're actually interested. I'm super biased, but um, I feel like their odds would be I feel terrible. like they're like 20 to 1. Ohio State is they're, 25 to 1. They have better odds than Kentucky. See, yeah. I don't understand Vegas at all. Kentucky's the pick for me then. Because like, if Kentucky is really that low, I think they're better than 35 to 1. Yeah, but know. then you're betting on Coach Calipari successfully coaching seven straight games, which I am not a believer. What's uh? What's screw up one of those? What's Missouri? Wichita State sixteen to one. Oh, I don't trust that Wichita team. Missouri is fifty to one. That's a that's if, a good one. If Michael Porter comes back, then they're a well, problem. Who who has won the tournament without like a top seven lottery pick in the last couple years? Villanova. Villanova two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, UConn 2014. But Villanova still had. Although, they still although, had blue chippers on that team. Villanova had Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. Who yeah, probably Bridges will be a, a top pick. 10 pick. Yeah, he'll yeah. be a lottery pick. They just had um, young future guys. Um, Brunson and Bridges, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. Yeah. Auburn, why is Auburn 30 to 1? Stay away from that. Yeah. Stay away from we Auburn. Can't, who we thinks can't, Auburn's going to win the national no, basketball does. title? Auburn's been tough to figure out. They because they're are they leading the SEC? Are they going to win the SEC? Yeah, Tell you. but they yeah, but a lot of people are mad at us because we haven't talked about them. But they, their two best players going into the season or two pivotal players were held also, out. Also, they're cheating their asses off. <laughs> it's like it's going to get vacated anyway, so it's like hard to get excited about anything they're doing because. My Bruce dudes Pearl. at the Bruce Pearl uh, special. My dudes at West Virginia are twenty five to one. Yeah, see that's a that's a Final Four team. That's I feel like they're a very good Final Four team. That's an interesting pick. Backcourt yeah. that knows what the hell they're doing. I still like Kentucky. Bob Huggins though. wearing big sweaters. Kentucky, like every single team you've listed, is better odds than Kentucky. So I don't know. All right, listen anyway. to One Shiny Podcast. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff next five weeks. Check out our Instagram, Ringer Instagram. We'll be you guys will be instant reacting after yep. some of these games. You got Big Ten tournament this weekend. We're going to be messing around with that. Are there Big Ten tournament odds? I didn't even look. Hold on, before we go. Um, Michigan State's playing right oh, now. Oh, conference tournaments. Yeah. Uh, no. Do you care about the West Coast Conference? Uh, it's just St. Mary's Gonzaga. It always has been. Gonzaga's trying to move to the Mountain Gonzaga, West. So. Gonzaga mi- minus 250, St. Mary's plus 150. Just San Francisco, 20 to 1. <laughs> mm, there you go. That's Someday. The Dons. Do it. Someday. The, the field is 101. Uh, One Shiny Podcast. Subscribe to that. Follow those guys on that podcast on their Twitter feeds at Club Trillion, at Tate Frazier, and, uh, and on our Instagram, which is uh, The Ringer's Instagram. Thanks to ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. My listeners can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Simply Safe. They just released its brand new home security system, completely rebuilt, redesigned. New safeguards against power outages, down Wi Fi, cut landlines, bats, hammers, everything in between. Smaller, faster, stronger than ever before. You still get 24 7 protection for only $15 a month. What a remarkable fact. No contract supplies are limited. Visit simplysafebs.com right now. Simply Safe with two eyes. Don't forget to go to ringer.com to read my Anthony Davis column as well as all of our Oscar stuff. And uh, on Sunday night, right after the Oscars, we're doing a live post-game show on Twitter. Fantasy, Amanda, Chris Ryan. I think somebody else is going to be on it too. But yeah, they're going to be reacting. I don't know how we topped La La Land versus Moonlight in that fiasco last year, but we'll see how it goes. Enjoy the weekend. Go to Dilla. <laughs>